Material Components, Season 2, Episode 49, Incognito Mode. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I'm your humble dragon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Heck yeah. Hello. Nobody else here. Hi. Sorry. Uh, it's just, yeah. just listening and I today. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh, guys. Oh, you're good. Do the rest of the show. You too. Go, go, go. You're going to entertain now. Solo adventure. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> It's not all. It's not just the two of us. It's all of us, including me, Olivia, who's playing Florian of Akalar today. Uh, I'm Elliot, and I am playing Shay. Uh, I am Michael, and in today's episode, I am playing Oswald, Octavian, Theophilus III. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Amari. Indeed. And of course, before we begin today's session, I have to ask the same question I ask every time, and that is, Reed, do you remember what happened last time? Heck yeah. We haven't gotten to hell yet, so we'll save that for when that actually happens. <laughs> Not this season. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Looking forward to that so much. Uh, but yeah, so we have, in the last several episodes, we have returned to the Storm's Repose and uh, successfully flipped uh, Victoria Silvaro, our sort of antagonistic uh, director of the Storm's Repose, who have sent us out on missions only to try to see us uh, killed by said missions. So we have flipped her to our side now, seeing that Aegis Tech is not doing the best for the galaxy. Putting but having wildly. flipped her, yeah, yeah, actually not that great. Not that great of a company. Hmm. They have a good PR team, is why. No one <laughs> finds out about it. Um, but yeah, after having flipped her, we decided that it would be best for us and our goals to help the Cole Foundation and to, you know, thwart the evil machinations of Aegis Tech to remain dead. Our current status is missing in action, presumed dead, right? Um, and we were going to do that for the, a short span of time before returning to life. And given that we have a short span of time to kind of do whatever we want, uh, we decided we would go check out a, uh, a nearby planet that actually houses one of the secret, not moon bases, but facilities. Uh, I don't know if they're considered like black sites or anything to that degree or just secret bases uh, of Aegis Tech. Uh, Mike, what was the name of that planet? I remember the Teoshin. Oh. Yes. Teoshin is the yeah. name of the third world of mm -hmm. the Noku system. Yes. Right. Um, and, which we know is a, a, an icy planet, right? There are oceans, but they're they're deep under a, a, an ice layer. Right, Mike? Correct. Yeah, and you cool. also know that the Ice Age brought on by over-industrialization and runaway greenhouse gases that occurred on the planet of Noku resulted in the burying of ancient cog tech, which has 
at least some of it, been excavated and transported to this secret Aegis Tech facility in order for Aegis Tech to study this COD Tech in association with the mysterious Project Chimera. I'm, I'm sure they mean well. I'm sure it's just, they're just here to help. All signs point to them not meaning well. <laughs> yeah. I don't, wait, were you asleep for the PowerPoint? I was. I yeah. Um, no, I've never actually seen one of Oswald's PowerPoints. That is my scheduled nap time. Mm. Well, if, if you'd like me to, to <laughs> demonstrate, I oh, <laughs> Everybody draw penises on his face. <laughs> Really you can't. hard to do fur. with fur. Yeah. 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 Okay. Then you shave. You shave into his fur. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, you shave the penises. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, psychology all over again. If we could uh, go the rest of the podcast without using the phrase "shave the penises," I think we'll be better off for it. Yeah. This uh, is that premium content. That I was going to say that we Mike. have to sneak it, sneak the phrase into every episode now. Yeah. <laughs> sneak that phrase into yeah. something. It's so subtle. I'm saying it takes skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you got to say it really fast. We set the bar so high for you, listener. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, anyways. <laughs> To uh, kind of infiltrate the the secret base on Teoshin, we have devised a very loose plan of posing as inspectors, a, a surprise inspection, and we're going to hopefully be utilizing Kala's expertise and Shay's expertise to craft a an, an illusory spell uh, to make us look more like inspectors of Aegis Tech and hopefully have Kala generate us also mostly just like right? not like us. Yeah. Because yeah. we're very recognizable. Right. Also, you but look like a outfits too. Yeah. So like, yeah. That's the plan. It's gonna go great. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll make yet. you look like an Urson, you know? <sighs> that would can you make? I would say, don't make me look like Duma. I, I no. almost said, make me look like Duma. I'm like, no, no, that automatically implicates him yeah. <laughs> in all of this. He's our fall guy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I, I texted this to Olivia earlier. But like last week, I was like really like excited and on board about this. And today, when I remembered that's what we were doing tonight, I was like, why? <laughs> what are we doing? We could have just stayed. We could have just chilled. But you know what? We said we were going to do it, so we got to yeah. do it. It's yeah, fucking happening. <laughs> but yeah, that's where we're at, and it's going to be great. And we're not dead yet, or I yes. guess technically we're dead. So they can kill us. So what's the yeah. worst that can happen? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for the purposes of game mechanics. We will say that you have exited your downtime now, and the mission starts now. Despite the fact that you are still technically on the Storm's Repose. Because the first hurdle that this mission presents is definitely the way in which you are intending to falsify your bona fides to this secret ice base. Hmm. You've mm-hmm. said that you're going to utilize the help of Kala, and that is all well and good, but I do think this is going to require a role from somebody, if not multiple yeah. people, in terms of somehow concocting false documentation that you are, in fact, surprise inspectors working for Aegis Tech Solutions. 
And also, point of order, we haven't told Kala anything yet, have we? Oh, I, I'm well. I okay. Are just assuming that we have. I was gonna I assume know. that we have because okay. we don't need to role play us just saying all of the same stuff over again. Right. Like, oh, if the mission starts content, now, though. we can we can just like it's our fucking game. It's our podcast. We can just say, yeah, we told Kala everything. Yeah, and she was anticipating that conversation anyway, so we can assume yeah. that it has happened between episodes, as it were. And as we cut mm. back now. We have your guy in the chair who is, in fact, a tremendously talented cowgirl uh, who is named Kala. And she is cracking her knuckles dramatically, typing a few keys and saying, all right, let's make you into some Aegistech people. So I'm thinking that the credentials need to look believable. I don't know if there's if there's like a way we can find a reference for some sort of Aegistech credential that we could reasonably copy. Uh, but the other thing I was thinking is that, like, if they tried to check on it, we may need to have some sort of... Like, we may need to exist in the database. Yeah. Yeah. So we would need to somehow replace any incoming and outgoing messages from this base and have it go to somewhere that we want it to go so that any information they might get is actually coming from us as opposed to the sources they think it's coming from. Yeah, pull an Ocean's Eleven on them. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. And Kala would say, alternatively, the more difficult but perhaps more thorough way of doing things would be to insert fault r false records directly into the Aegis Tech Solutions database. Yeah. The only reason I didn't suggest that is I feel like it would be really hard to hack a company that... Far more difficult, yes. ...that prevents other people from hacking stuff. <laughs> Well, well, Kala. they at least will have the hubris to not see it coming, I think. Because who would hack them, right? Who the... would hack the hackers? Literally exactly. everyone. Wait, that's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so no, that's no, not right. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, no. If anybody managed to get into the Aegis Tech Solutions database, they would have access to countless login profiles from... Who knows how many people who use their security systems? That's yeah. very true. There's a lot. Localizing stuff is like a really bad idea. <laughs> anyway. But There's a lot of information that could be gained from that. I see what you mean, Carla. Simply finding our way into their personnel database may be less tricky. Still way more difficult than attempting to reroute their communications to some secondary database. It's just one will stand up to scrutiny far more than the other. True. That's true. I mean, it's not like we're... Well, we have a week. Are we planning to stay the whole week at this place, or are we just sort of trying to get in and out? Uh, I say we be as quick as possible. Best not stick around. They'll figure it out eventually, I'm sure. I'd just rather them figure it out after we've left. Yeah. And so See, rerouting 
Rerouting communication wouldn't stand up to as much scrutiny, but it would be harder to back to figure out who had done it. Even if we cover our tracks really well, they've got, I mean, they're a company that does data security, so they'd more than likely be able to retrace what we did if we hack the personnel system. If we're going with the first option, then I need to be with you on site to make sure this gets done, preferably in the Tiresian in orbit. Yes. Yeah. Do you I mean, have good the time that it's off a... to do that? Uh... I could... I, I, I probably have some sick time, I think. Probably. Yeah, how is the, the okay. sick time? What, uh, yeah, like, yeah, what, what and also, like, what? <laughs> hey, sorry to completely derail this whole thing, but, yeah. like, what are our pennies? <laughs> well, we we went over the, the insurance policies, you know, mm -hmm. stuff. The, the, the package is really quite quite robust here. Health, um, dental, vision. Yeah. Life. $5 yeah. copay. Very reasonable. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Huh. You accrue, what would it be? Making this up right now. What's my ideal uh, nonprofit corporation giving their employees as bennies? Uh, 0.33 per hour works fucking blows. I will oh, say, yeah, I say for, every, <laughs> for every 40 hours worked, you accrue eight hours of uh, PTO. Damn. So oh, you yeah. accrue a day per that. week worked. That's that would be fucking it's, awesome. It's so how sad is it that we're like, oh, my God, that's incredible. Like, <laughs> we're so broken. You guys. Yeah. I don't know. I get three <laughs> weeks off a year, so I feel pretty good about that. But. Uh, technically, I do too. I just have mm -hmm. to call out for three straight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was gonna say, like in Oregon, <laughs> technically, you can be up. You can take up to twelve weeks, and they can't fire you. You just don't get paid for them. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the that's the thing. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> Speaking of pay and just like the inconvenience of it, I was going to say we could also kick in from our uh yeah. Pay her first. God, I just had yeah, I had the word. Fund. Yes, thank you. True, we spent almost none of that. Yeah. That's true. Well, we spent some of it to get some stuff for the to be able to talk to the but not a lot. But not a lot, yeah. Yeah. And the big thing with people who work and live on the Storm's Repose is you're not losing where you sleep. You're not losing meals. You're always yeah. going to have a place to sleep and food to eat. It's just whether or not you have any spending money. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's mostly what it is. It's like mm -hmm. just the inconvenience of having her take time off from her projects mm -hmm. is inconvenient. And yeah. But she can swing it. Yeah, we'll give, and we'll give, yeah, obviously we can pay her to help us out. Like, just because she's, just because we've, like, made her part of the team doesn't mean that she has to do shit for free for us. Especially shit that's dangerous. <laughs> so we'll kick her yeah. some hazard pay. <laughs> it yeah, seems and... nice in the context of she's lived her entire life as an indentured servant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. So mm. her frame of reference is very, uh, the bar is very low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, so the plan is to have her set up in the Tiresian, hopefully in orbit around the planet, so that when they try to 
signal out to confirm your story, she is the one to intercept that communication and confirm your story. Mm. Awesome. We, sh- we should also, uh, because uh, she was able to notice when we sh- uh, approached the storm's repose. So perhaps, I mean, so she would know how to upgrade perhaps our ship in a way to keep it from being uh, observed. Um, she was specifically looking, like had something specifically set up for us, though. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Though, if you wanted to attempt some role between her, Duma, and yourselves, you could probably figure out something so that the Tiresian doesn't read as the sort of ship that it is. That's true. Mm-hmm. Making it invisible? Very difficult. Making it yeah. signal and like have a transponder signal as something else? Not difficult. But okay. Or tricky, but doable. Yeah. Right. So giving uh, I I almost said RFID, but what was what was the thing? Identify friend or fay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. IFF signal. Yeah. Yeah. If we have the the like the transponder code of a big uh Aegis Tech like like battle cruiser or or some something that we would be deployed from might give them be like oh yeah shit they're. The, the real deal. Yeah, or some sort of like, yeah, official transport mm-hmm. vessel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've got two tasks that require roles now. We've got faking documents in terms of who you are and what you're doing there, and then faking transponder signals to trick people into thinking the Tiresian is something it isn't. So who would like to spearhead those roles? Faking. Now, what? Hmm. What do we think the best talent for those is going to be? Like, Aether Tech probably for the ship thing, but, like, maybe Craft? And I, But I don't think any of us have... Ty- uh, uh, Florian might, but... Some oh, no, of... okay. I don't Skilling have basically forgery? any skill. <laughs> I mean, I would say maybe something in Covert Ops, because yeah. that seems pretty... Yeah pretty applicable yeah i mean i know you were a front lines guy but did you have do you have any oh, yeah. it's like the third class you take yeah how to lie uh, i meant more like do you have any reconnaissance experience where you might need to do something like that but okay yeah a little bit yeah so yeah i could see covert ops i could see craft i could see Maybe even Aether Tech still, though definitely a type of Aether Tech that I don't think any of you have ever displayed thus far. Uh, well, that is my passion. <laughs> um, I, I, a pilot wouldn't have anything to do with it because that's like interacting with the machine and not kind of like spoofing a, a, an ID tag. Or could I bend that to my, my whim? I could say the like piloting might work for spoofing the the ship's transponder signals. Yeah, I can okay, see that. cool. All right, so I have a specialization in that uh, more than machine. So that I don't know if I can 
do that that's, not, that. that's more than tux? tux i know it is i'm trying i'm trying to to you're just you know, calling you on your shit <laughs> don't call me on my shit this has how we get better roles it doesn't matter <laughs> to roll a fucking one if you had some kind of specialization specifically in like the tiresian that had to do with that then maybe but more than machine is definitely something you've, I mean, you've described it as the way you interact with your mm -hmm. mech piloting. So, yep. Well, you caught, you called me on my bullshit. So that's fair. <laughs> I guess this is part of the conversation though. That's how this, mm -hmm. this system works. So, uh, in that case, I, I've either got a D six or uh, a D six in covert <laughs> ops or pilot. Cause neither of my, a, I have a D six in covert ops. As do I. Um, would I be able to apply my new skill undercover for helping uh, put some documents together that might look official? So you have a covert op specialization that is being undercover? Yes. It you sounds might want to roll like on you those. are trying to go undercover here. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. You know, you got to get the big scoop and sometimes you got to you got to go undercover to get that. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. That's also means that one whoever doesn't spearhead the other role can assist one or the other of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So I can I can help out uh, with this. And d uh, did you say, Mike, that Duma would be helping out with with this one as well, potentially? Duma and Kala's aid is effectively just adjusting the difficulty level. Oh, OK. Here. Cool. They're not necessarily adding dice to the roll. Sweet. Yeah, uh, uh, you got a D6 to help out, my friend. Okay, so, great. Um, Oswald, if you are spearheading the uh, making fake documentation for yourselves, I would say you are trying to create documentation that says you are inspectors working for Aegis Tech Solutions who have clearance to get into some kind of secret... <laughs> uh, technology development base that uh -huh. very few people know about, part of a clandestine operation involving mm -hmm. Fae and COG technology that could possibly result in a house war breaking out if the information about it got out. So that, that, yeah, actually, that, might work in, yeah. that actually might work in our favor because hypothetically the people who would be doing this Hypothetically, the people who are at this site might not even have clearance on whoever would be inspecting them. Cool. So if we if they're vague documents or if it's not super accessible, that kind of works in our favor of, oh, shit, these are like high ups. Well, yeah. And the fact that we already have knowledge that it exists yeah. lends us some sway in the sense that, oh, shit, they actually know what's going on here. Yeah, mm -hmm. like we could. The first words out of our mouth could be, we're here to to uh, evaluate the process, the progress on Project Chimera. And they could just be like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck everybody. Oh, fuck. It's a surprise inspection. So that being said, <laughs> it would be pretty incredible if you could come up with documents for not only yourself, but three other individuals uh, stating sure all of this stuff. Yeah. So uh, that makes the difficulty 25. 25. Okay. Okay. So I've got a D, uh, D what from you, Reed? D6. Six. And a D6 from me. Great, great, great. Okay. 
I am going to spend one Aether to use my Mastermind trait. Uh, I'm going to funnel my Aether uh, and focus my mind as I work. Um, and so that doubles my Tactic and Talent die, mm -hmm. which is nice. Uh, and then I'm also, I, th I think I'm going to pump some Aether into this as well. So I'm going to do two Aether. So I'm spending three in total. Um, Seems reasonable. Yeah. So what's the total pool you've got going here then? I've got four D10s and four D6s. Nice. Uh, seems good. Seems seems. Good. There's some big numbers that might come out of this. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Encouraging. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these. Oh, actually. Ooh, 26. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh mama. Yeah, a lot, a lot of those D10s were, were on the lower side, unfortunately, Oof. but enough die rolled, you know. Okay. You put together documentation based on some quick searching around the meta net. You can kind of do some guesswork as to what like employee IDs for the Aegis Tech Solutions looks like. And there's a couple of creative flourishes that come along with, well, these ones have to look important and people who are know about top secret stuff. I think it's very much like uh, the scene from Parasite where they're putting like the, the credentials together, or mm -hmm. I think it was like a, 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 a what was it? A, like a degree or a diploma or something. It's like, okay, there needs to be like a slightly translucent holographic image in the background that looks very official, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the text all has to be like very, like a very, I found the right font for it, you know? Yeah. Um, now, Lisman, what I'll say is what I need you to do right now is write down what everyone's fake names are going to be oh. and don't tell anybody <laughs> while we resolve Ooh. the next series of Yay. <laughs> and and let's just this is Oswald coming up with these. Uh -huh. so. yes. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. god. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Guys, I've got a lot of Damn work it. to do. This game is so fun. <laughs> and oh, I'm We've given him too much power. Oh, yes. I'm just waiting for Vice Admiral Doodoo Head or something, you know. It's pronounced Doodoo Doodahead. Excuse me. But yes, you start working on that. We'll come back to you when it becomes relevant in the story. Oh, excellent. For those names, yes. Meanwhile... While that is being processed, somebody else is spearheading the attempts to reconfigure the transponders of the Tiresian so that it reads as some kind of ship that won't be immediately suspicious if it is parked around this moon. Who, besides Oswald, is spearheading that? Probably gonna be me. Okay. Yeah. Again, you have Duma and Kala's help with this. Yeah. I will say this role is not as difficult as the one Oswald just tried to do. You are simply changing the signal readouts aboard the Tiresian, and this ship seems 
weirdly modular where that is concerned. So the mm-hmm. fact that you even have this particular ship actually makes this role significantly easier than it might be otherwise. Yeah. That being said, it is still hard. So we're looking for a 20 here. Is this more of a hardware or software change? Uh, Software, mostly. Okay. So probably going to have to use Aethertech. Would would my uh, hacker voice, I'm in, specialization be good for this one or... You are trying to do something that is a little bit extra legal with how with how the ship. You're doing some aftermarket additions to the <laughs> ship, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I, I could see an argument for your experience as a hacker uh, coming into play here. You're you're okay. changing the license plate, as it were. Okay, filing off the serial numbers. Yeah. Um, excellent, excellent. It's more like if you were driving a Prius and the license plate said you were a semi-truck, but yeah. I mean, we are a semi-truck, so. (laughs) Um, okay, so that's a D-tan. So anyone besides Oswald who has some Aether tech would be able to help with this. How many things can I help with? You can help with this. Woo, D6. Lovely. Never know, I that promise, one might help. I'll, I promise I'll be helpful with the influence roles later when we have to actually deceive <laughs> people. <laughs> Fair enough. So what are you um, piling into this dice pool here, Elliot? So, and I'm gonna, this seems like a clever thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is my tactic. I have my D6 from Florian. And I am going to, let's see, so that's. 26 we've got six from amari not for you oh yeah yeah i apologize from amari so that's 26 possible just from that so i'm gonna put in two of my own aether um which bumps that possibility up to like 38 or something so what's the total dice pool we've got going on here uh 2d10s 3d6s the risk I took was calculated, but boy, am I bad at math. <laughs> I just want to get us better about calling out exactly how much dice we're rolling in a given roll. Yeah. Totally understandable. My D10s were pretty good, though. So that is a 19 just from the D10s. Nice. And we've got a 12, uh, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. Damn, that is a critical victory, if I ever heard one. Um, so you can Taking either... Out the moon base. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that never, might... <laughs> it's, it's always going to be funny. Um... <laughs> yes, indeed. Your options are basically get uh, an Aether dip back or... That's pretty much it. Yeah, you could alley oop yeah. something. Uh, you could because you did clever just now. Yeah. So we could throw an alley oop on clever if you wanted to have that ready to go down the line. Don't do that. Take the aether yeah. back. I am going to take the aether back. Okay. Considering the changes we've made to the aether leech property, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those of you with aether leech, I uh, hope you've 
written that down just so you're aware of the alterations that have been made. Yeah, actually, I do need to do that. Uh, one leech equals one void dice. And just for, I believe Lisman's the only one with one of these traits, but the the traits that double your tactic and talent dice, like Mastermind, we've also changed recently so that they can be used more than once per scene, though at the cost of void dice as opposed to the aether die it costs to do it the first time. I have the daredevil uh, ah, okay. trait, so yeah. There we go. He's applicable. As you've succeeded greatly at this task, so you can basically make the Tiresian show up as pretty much anything you want. How dramatic do you want to get with this? Imperial cruiser. No. Um, <laughs> the super <laughs> I, I like the idea of them just like looking out the window and being like, it should be right there. Where is it? The supercarrier um, Theseon has entered yeah. the system. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, the ship which no. shattered the Dominion is here now. Yep. <laughs> Get ready, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, new, new cloaking tech is insane. Be afraid. Yeah. God. Uh, no, I just, you know, I want to, right, we, we talked about, like, having it look like uh, an official, like, transport like business transport or something. Mm -hmm. So Luxury it is now, cruiser. Yeah. It is now tagging as a Aegis tech luxury cruiser of something you would see the nobility being ferried around in. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Some the Octavian. Kind of, the Octavian. Wow. Don't give him that power. On the nose. Well, considering the head of House Silvaro is named Octavia Silvaro, mm -hmm. yeah, that would be a oh, maybe that is a little too. That it would was be the a first Roman move. Octavius was the first Roman emperor that came to my head. Mm. Um, Claudius. Okay, I thought Octavius. Google, Google, who who was the worst Roman emperor? It's probably I mean, Nero. <laughs> Yeah, that's also a little too on the nose. Yeah, though. exactly. The Caligula, never mind. Yeah. I was just about to say, I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. we all know who the worst Roman emperor was, don't we? N name uh, me the emperor who made a horse a senator. <laughs> who stabbed a river because it insulted him. I was him. just about to say, who was like, hey, go fight the ocean. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Let's see, where y'all see the worst emperor, <laughs> I see the most entertaining. No, honestly, I love Caligula. Yeah. But. Uh, a more a more obscure one is uh, Maximinus. I like that. Personal fan of Hadrian myself, but that's because I'm a big fan of walls. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he didn't show up on the top five list, though. That's, so that's well, it's because he was he very low wall. key in terms of an emperor. He was a lot of yeah. like uh, systems and like road repairs and like building aqueducts. Shit. Yeah. As far as emperors go, he didn't make a dramatic flare of it. He wasn't stabbing the ocean. <laughs> he was an infrastructure guy. So that was, uh, what, what was the name again? Sorry, I was off my uh, page. Maximinus. Maximinus. Running out of room to write things down. Another journal, Mike. Oh, I just meant on this page. I've oh. still got plenty of pages in this particular journal. Okay, so the... 
now tagged Maximinus loaded up with operatives from the the Aegis Tech Solutions Secret Investigations Board or Surprise Investigations Board. I guess it's up to all. No of one, them. no one expects the Surprise <laughs> Investigations Board. So if Oswald can quality come up control, with a quality control, sure your QI uh, or QA, quality assurance, quality um, assurance, quality assurance officers. Yeah, we are the quo. Um, as you put all this together, there's a nice little montage of you hacking things and transposing holograms into the backgrounds and that classic scene of putting the picture on top of somebody else's picture on an employee ID. <laughs> Uh, during this time, this isn't going to require a roll per se, but Shay figuring out what the alterations to the people you'll be traveling with will be using your illusion magic. So figuring out precisely what changes you're going to be making to folks and mm. how it's going to help mask them. And you kind of have to help Oswald with the, the pictures of people while you practice that. Because you want the pictures and the IDs to match up with the... Actual illusions you do, otherwise yeah. it could get real. But not exactly, right? That would be mm. too obvious. <laughs> like, oh right. yeah, that's I got a haircut recently. Mm -hmm. So it's that uncanny valley thing of they only had the one uh, portrait image of the character, and so that's what always shows up in every single dialogue yeah. scene. <laughs> before, it's before they got good in Fire Emblem and actually had like different facial expressions for everybody. As you put all this together, you're very happy with your results across the board, and you are ready to go. The big problem with still being dead is, of course, you cannot really requisition any more equipment before your mission. So what you got is what you got, and you're hoping on your own abilities and the abilities of your allies to see you through this particular outing. An important question. I know businesses don't have these, but you know how like colleges will have like the student body uh like percentages of like the the uh what is the word I'm looking for? The like demographics. Demographics, yeah. Do we kind of know what like the demographics of the employees like like when we were at the secret moon base on Talgan 3 like all the dead bodies were they mostly like midrian midrians a few elves and weirdly enough there was one gnome okay you know that agus tech solutions is based out of the conus empire right culturally yeah. they are predominantly midrian elf little bit of gnome in there seeing a Leon, a taro and an avia would be odd it's not unheard of i'm sure yeah. there are individuals who work for agus tech solutions of those species but it would definitely raise some eyebrows yeah Agus Tech Solutions presents itself as a very egalitarian place where they hire folks of all cultures and stripes. Right. If they are qualified for the job. Yeah. I would say Avia would be less suspicious than, say, a Taro. Okay. I was going to say, I think 
I think Florian might be the the one you have to change the species of. Yeah. So definitely Oswald's just going to be a different avia, a different little avia. Probably going to have to make Florian a very tall Midrian. Or possibly an ogre. I was going to say, that was what I was going to suggest. Yeah. That would, would that also be odd, though? Because, like, an Aegis Tech employee who can't interact with Aether? Not necessarily, uh, if they were, like, on security detail or something. I was just oh, about true. to say, like, uh, if, if they were, from what we know of ogres, they'd probably be, like, the security person. Okay. Okay. So, Florian, ogre. You just cannot forget that, though. <laughs> No to Florian, uh, do not open doors. Do not open any doors. Um, I mean, yeah, I usually just rip them open, so it's this fine. Is, this is true. Um, I mean, what about Florian's mechanical arm? Is that well, it just always make it look like, like a regular arm. Right, I'm just, just, just making sure. Like, ogres can't have mechanical arms in, that, in the same way that, like, Florian has when powered by Aether. Maybe so I just like, will make it look like a okay. fleshy a flesh arm, like mm-hmm. the flesh people have. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Also, point of fact, ogres can have artificial limbs like that. Ogres don't not have etherics. There, there is still aether in their bodies, and like they have etherics. It's just all internally focused, which is good because that's how that's what Florian is too. <laughs> But yes, you should, because this thing is janky looking. <laughs> yeah. So Amari. What do you wanna what do you wanna be? What do you want to be? You wanna be I get I get a choice. Yeah, I mean like as long as it's not me turning you into a taro, because I just had to like solve that problem. Dang, I was really boring. hoping to be a, a taro. No, yeah. you just make me just I don't know. Zhush it up a bit. Okay. Yeah, just don't make me like purple or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that make have... him not like an incredibly recognizable. Oh yeah, no fellow yeah. who we run like, into. Do you yeah. do you want to be like an elf for a day? I don't know. No, no. Okay. So Florian security, Oswald, like I'm an engineer, obviously. Uh, Oswald is R Are you like? Should you be like R and D or something? Why would any of you have a role like that? If you're secret inspectors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. So Florian security, the rest of us are just inspectors. Like, what's our... I don't know. We could we could just make it up as we go, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're all just all on equal, mm-hmm. equal footing. We don't have to tell people shit. We're here to inspect. Ignore this us. Yeah, like, on, honestly. Yeah. We're just here to observe. Mm-hmm. Take notes. Again, that adds to the mm-hmm. similitude of us being, you know... Super secret, fancy assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. So, with all of that put together, you gather up everything, including your allies, and head back out from the storm's repose. Leaving via your secret docking bay, it is easy enough to just slip on out of here. And it is a quick jaunt using sublight speeds to get out to the third planet of the system. The 
trip will take you a couple of hours. As you are moving, it is time to get your story straight. Oswald, what names have you supplied for your friends? All right, you guys ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> Worked real hard on these names. God. So, uh, so obviously Oswald is Javier Caliente. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Florian, you are Rick Danger. Uh, uh, Shay, you are Jackie Dustfinger. Oh, great. Uh, and Amari, you are Melbert Dinklescrum. <laughs> Thank Mr. God I wasn't Dinkelstrom. Axel Almondito. Mr. Dinklescrum, if you're now. I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 if Oswald didn't revere, like, obviously he doesn't want to put Axel Almondito on blast for this, but I did briefly consider naming you Axel Almondito, but. You know. Okay, so keep in mind, those are the names that are on your IDs. If you Sorry. are yeah. <laughs> asked, <laughs> if you are asked by people aboard this secret oh, ice base, fuck. that is the names they will know you by. And those were Javier Caliente, <laughs> Rick Danger, what was... uh, Jackie Jackie, Jackie Dustfinger. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can call uh, me Jacqueline. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, we're not friends. I, exactly. Oh yeah. Jacqueline Dustfinger is is actually what is what would be on. But weirdly enough, just Rick Danger, you know? It's not yeah. that it's not short for anything. It's just Rick Yeah, Danger. no, it's just Rick. Wait, is Rick Danger the whole name? Like one one name Rick Danger. It's it, what it's all one word. It's just like is all that the what you said? Together, Rick Danger. No, no. I just mean oh, like okay. it, it's not Richard Danger. <laughs> oh, okay. It's it's just Rick Danger. Uh, Rick Danger. And then and then of course Melbert, M E L B E R T, Dinkle Scrum, D I N. Oh, spelled just like it sounds. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I had an expectation, and you exceeded it, my friend. Oh, I'm, I'm just the best part of this is the cinematic of Amari just standing there looking at this ID, just like so disappointed. I honestly don't know what I expected. <laughs> so you are passing out these IDs that you have managed to create using the. 3D printer and other technologies that were available to you in the secret base before you left. Mm-hmm. They are very official looking, but just vague enough to where they don't actually say anything besides your names and f- pictures and the right. office of secret inspections or whatever the official title is you came up with. Yeah. What did, what did we come up with? I was, I was name generating. Uh, was it like quality assurance or quality assurance officers? Yes. Yeah. I still think our titles should be inquisitors though. I mean, it's the, yeah. the quality inquisition. <laughs> 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 that is an official uh, branch within Vorpal Corp. The loving and caring arms of the Vorpal Corp quality inquisition is always there to make sure that the quality of your items is tip top across the galaxy. Vorpal Corp, the leading brand in everything. 
<laughs> or else. <laughs> it's amazing. The commercials always cut before before they get to that last part of the commercial. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's only in the in-house training video. Mm-hmm. So you are all members right. of the quality assurance officers. So obviously, uh, my father was a was a gnome, given mm-hmm. my last name. So mm-hmm. that's fun. <sighs> Boy, it's a family name, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yet you're a Leon. Adopted. <laughs> God, I hope nobody asks. Um, yeah. <laughs> approaching the base takes a couple of hours. On your way there, Kala is running system check after system check. She has a nervous energy about her. And you realize that this is the first time she's been, like, taken out on a mission. Woo! There was everything she did with you back on Asclipsis. And that was very high stakes at a certain point. There was that small riot she helped And the fire. And when you say, and the fire, she just stares into the middle distance. Actually, because I, I was right, thinking, she I, there. Was, I was thinking this, but I think what Shay actually says is uh, something along the lines of, hey, don't worry, we're not even like going to start a fire this time. It's fine. Again, that's just <laughs> stare into the middle distance and the soft sounds of shouting and breaking glass in the background. <laughs> and point of fact, it's she all... was across the street observing that riot break out. Yeah. It's fine. It's a whole street of distance between her and the riots. She, she, she was the yeah. one who alerted you when the building actively caught fire. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's true. Thank you. And so, yeah, she's actively bouncing back and forth between nervous excitement and just the the awe of holy crap, I'm in space still hasn't quite worn off with her. Right. And there's something charming about that for most of you who have spent your whole lives bouncing around in weird places in space, or at least much longer than her. Yeah. Duma is sort of like adjusting himself in his seat. And it seems like he's like trying to find a comfortable position and can't quite find it. And when asked, he would say, I do not know how people flying fancy corvettes should fly is it like low back or uptight and straight uh, definitely only one hand on the controls uh, well, that is dangerous exactly oh and so yeah he he's trying to figure out how to fly casual mm. <laughs> just just fly like he normally would Okay. Yeah, it's it like well, I don't think of you as this this way, but like essentially for this mission, you are a chauffeur. So, oh, that's what you that's what you're posing as essentially. Hmm. Okie dokie. Yeah. A to B. That's all I gotta do. Mm-hmm. Straightforward. No questions. Yeah, Duma, Duma did a little bit of this during flight school. You know, pay the bills. Yeah. I I forgot about the chauffeur thing already, and I was just like, fly A to B. 
Like you do that literally all of the time. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, but Duma does it with class. Damn yeah. right he does. Yeah. Uh, Amari, how many guns do you have on you? Oh wait, no, fuck. Nope, never mind. Just forgot again that I who I'm posing as. Just kidding. Big ass knife it is. Mm-hmm. I was just about to be like, oh, I should show up strapped, and then I was like, that would not make sense. So big ass question, knife for inspection yeah. purposes. Yeah. Well, well he, security. Yeah. Um Yeah. I don't know what the like the aesthetic would be for uh a black site and in, in inspection team. Um but maybe having like a pistol wouldn't be out of the question, especially mm-hmm. if we're there as some sort of authority. Yeah, a sidearm. Yeah. Of the interactions, and Amari would probably be the one to know this, that you've had with, like, higher-up corporate officials, seeing some of them armed Mm -hmm. from time to time, especially in dangerous situations, isn't unheard of. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and I mean, in that case, I'll take a... I'll take a pistol. Are, speaking of aesthetics, are... Any of you changing your outfits, or is this something you're hoping the illusion will cover? Oh, great question. W- was hoping that the illusion would cover the outfit thing. Yeah, <laughs> it certainly now, would be more convincing <laughs> with the actual outfit. Yeah, um, Shay definitely changed their outfit because they did bring a lot of clothes with them for the the original mission. So, like. Yeah, I can find something that I can throw together that looks, you know, it's all black and it looks corporate-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've seen a number of, uh, we've at least seen some individuals who are sort of higher up as far on the corporate ladder. We sort of know. I don't know if it's like a suit or anything, but it's like uh, something pretty, I don't know. Uh, you could always ask Silvaro. <laughs> very true i don't know if uh, she's got any her being outside of the the family in the capacity that she has been i don't know what sort of knowledge she would have but you've what you've personally witnessed are the clothing on the corpses of people working at one of these facilities mm-hmm. the suits of armor that weird cyborgs were wearing mm-hmm Probably not that. And mm. that assassin wizard who came after y'all. Yeah, so probably not was, that either. Yeah, what also in a wearing? raptor. Yeah. The corpses were scientists, were mostly like scientists, though, or whatever. Correct. So, at least in terms of what somebody from Aegis Tech corporate would wear, you have no personal experience with that. But we're also part of a fake branch that yeah. doesn't really actually exist. True. So we can All we probably, need... as long as we look expensive and corporate it doesn't really matter. Should we all be uh, wearing, like, the same thing, essentially? Like, we're, we're part of a specific branch. We get a specific uh, outfit to designate us, essentially. I feel like we should all look like uh, the people from... Oh, God, what was that game? What was that shitty game? Oh, it was the remake of Syndicate. 
like corporate espionage, <laughs> like uh, assassin people, all black leather straps. It's funny that you said days. all black leather because uh, I confession time. I just rewatched the Charlie's Angels movie, oh boy. <laughs> and the scene where Lucy Liu is the uh, fucking like corporate development officer, and she's just wearing like all black leather and has a fucking crop with her. That's like what I'm imagining Shay is wearing. (laughs) That all being said, if you all want matching outfits, that sounds like something that's going to need to be accomplished with illusion magic, which will make Shay's role with that a lot harder. I guess, yeah. Changing facial features and, like, basic outlines of stuff, that's one thing, but maintaining a full body illusion which is already something you're basically having to do on florian anyway yeah true yeah Mm. but having to do it on two to three more people i just let you know for for florian i i mean i could literally just he could wear the nicest things he owns which again i if his role is slightly different than everyone else's if he doesn't fully match that's probably fine I imagine it's like an old timey bartender, like a old like a old west bartender where it's like shirt sleeves that are rolled up and then like a black high collar like uh, black, black collar clicking noise. Uh no, sorry. A black vest over like a high collar um can't remember what those fucking shirts are called, the ones with the really stiff necks. Mm. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. yeah. You want to look like someone who would serve up a sarsaparilla. Yeah. Got it. And kick your ass while doing it. And kick your ass while doing it. I mean, yeah. A Just like sarsaparilla. It's a drink. Expensive, but, but, you know, tough. Rough and tumble if they need to be. So the rest of you? Uh, I well, have, yes, decided okay. that I am wearing exactly Lucy Lou's outfit from Charlie's Angels. Fair enough. Yes, I'm so glad I manifested that. Thank you, Elliot. <laughs> and the rest of you. Mostly I'm just asking this to determine the difficulty of the role I'm about to ask Elliot to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What What is Amari wearing? Oh, I posted it. I found I, oh. I found it. Yeah. Can you describe it for our oh, audio listeners? No, 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 no. no, no okay, it's... let me see if I can do this justice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it is... It's either that or Adam Jensen from uh, Deus Ex. Oh, shit. So imagine Damn. not it, it's a it's a trench coat that is more form fitting. It comes yeah. out mm-hmm. with some like sharp shoulder pads down to a full gauntleted uh, jacketed gloves of some kind. Yeah. Jack boots that go up to the knee that are then accompanied by thigh pads of some kind that are held down with leather straps. And there is a belt with enough pouches to make cable from the X-Men nod appreciatively. And the belt is <laughs> and the belt is over the trench coat, which is important yes. to know. Yes. Mm, yeah. You know what's really, really good about this is that implication is that Amari already owns this. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because we can't requisition anything. Correct. So here's a problem that Oswald is going to run into. He owns one article of clothing that he wears constantly. 
Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm probably God. listen. And it's I brought, more a technicality than I brought half my closet. It's gonna take us a couple hours to get there. I'm gonna project runway you a little black leather vest or something. <laughs> I know this isn't Project Runway, but designers make yeah. it work. Designers. <laughs> I'm gonna need a craft roll. Yeah. yeah. Do it. It's about what I expected. And I don't know why. I said that in I said that as Elliot and I could I could probably do that because I probably have like a you know a D10 in craft as as me. But Shay has nothing in craft. And I did say I'm gonna project runway it, so it's gonna have to be a swift roll. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. What's the difficulty we're looking at here? I would say this is challenging. It's a 15. Okay. Okay. It's just a vest. It's just a vest. (laughs) And I I, I would like to reiterate that there are avia that wear more clothing than Oswald does. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very true. Uh, It honestly what i was thinking was like like an actual like suit as something well let's put this vest together i suppose and and see what happens yeah Uh, oswald's decision to donald duck it everywhere is one that he personally (laughs) lives with but is not shared by his the entirety of his species or culture (laughs) well here's the thing he's not exposing anything uh due to the anatomy that's Uh that's not really Concern, but it's not like technically illegal. Yeah, it's not <laughs> technically illegal. Um, but it, there is a brief moment at the beginning of every conversation where people adjust to the fact that you're not wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> no one has commented on it, but no, it is just a. It's. I have noticed this, and now we are moving forward with the conversation. It's yeah. lucky that they, he's so short, so it's easy for people to avert yeah. their gaze. <laughs> yeah, literally overlook him. Uh, they do the once down and up, and just like, oh, uh, it's fine. That's actually fine. I, I was, I was worried for nothing. Perhaps a clip-on tie. <laughs> no, <laughs> just clipped onto his feathers. <laughs> uh, I do probably have clip-on ties. Okay, uh, I'm gonna put two aether dice, two aether into this. <laughs> This is very important. Because I can't succeed honestly, with just the D. No, like, honestly, though, this is a good roll to roll void dice. <laughs> it's very funny. Only the power of the you, void you could, could just through. spend two void dice and succeed. Yeah, actually, that's. Yeah. That's not a lot, so. This is worth it. We summon the void in order to clothe Oswald. <laughs> Only the void has that power. Mm-hmm. Is that what's happening? Uh, I'm putting two. I put two void dice into your pool, uh, and now Oswald has a little outfit. There we go. <laughs> Very good. Good God! Does he have pants now, or no? I'm just trying to figure out. I feel like Riotic the pants, pants would have made it more difficult. That, it's that scene from the Lego Batman movie where Robin gets the new outfit and goes, oh, well, I know how to fix these. Rip. <laughs> I'm not making him pants just so he can rip them off. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't necessarily want to, well, stand out any more than I already do. Uh, and the fact that Oswald is the only Avia 
that I can think of that doesn't wear pants. I don't know. But also, my name is Javier Caliente. So that's like, true. <laughs> People might actually accept it more. Yeah, that's true. You you know what? You've convinced me. Okay. Just it's a, all part a of nice. the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arriving near Tioshin, you are struck by just how densely populated with ships the Noku system is. You never really leave sight of spaceships in this system as you're flying around, especially if you're in an orbital trajectory towards other planets in the system. Obviously, you're in three-dimensional space. You can fly up and down and away from the star system if you like, but just how planetary orbits tend to do, you get on a gravitational disk of some kind and the, the orbits of the planets sort of orient themselves towards a certain uh, horizontal plane. And there is some up and down there, obviously, but not dramatically enough that you look start looking like an atom or something. So... As you're flying through this system, there is a tricky moment in which you have to find a spot where you activate this false transponder when you're outside the visual range of any given ship, but not close enough where it suddenly looks like you, on somebody else's uh, signals, one ship transforming into another. Yeah. Might, might stand out a bit. Now we're a football transformer. Especially because you know that there are two Aegis Tech Solutions heavy cruisers in the system, one of which is close to Tio Shen. And based on your research last time, you were able to figure out that there are signals passing back and forth between that cruiser and the base. But they're mostly just binary check-in signals of, you still there? You still there? Okay, good. There's no actual like communication happening per se. That's good. But when you enter the proximity of that cruiser, this is the first test of your false credentials, both shipboard and personal. And as you're flying close and that ship enters the proximity of your sensors, you definitely sense this ship way before they do. So you know what's coming as you enter their scanner's proximity. And this is the hold your breath moment of, is this going to work? As you're flying past the proverbial Star Destroyer on the way to Endor. And as you cruise on into their scanning range, you never actually see this ship. It's too far across interstellar distance for your eyes to actually make contact. But your scanners are well aware of the ship's position on the far side of the planet. And as you enter their scanner range, there's a slight ping that comes out from their ship, pings against yours. The two ships identify each other, and as soon as they do, the other ship hails you. Who wants to answer it? Uh, Uh, I'll answer it. And you can take this call audio only, holographically. It's up to you. Uh, audio only, probably, we're thinking. Yeah, audio only sounds good. And it will say, or a voice on the other side will say, Oh, uh, Cruiser Maximinus? Uh, I'm sorry, we we weren't expecting you. Uh, I should hope not. It's, uh, we are here for 
a surprise inspection after all. Oh, oh my, I will uh, inform Captain Livia right away. She will be, uh, we had no idea there were any, I suppose we wouldn't, um, uh, we will make docking ready for you as, as soon as you uh, clear the planet. We're not here for that. We're not, not here for the ship under the Oh, I thought this was the... Nope, this is just the... This is the cruiser. Oh, the cruiser. Oh. Okay, then fucking shit. Never mind. With all due respect, we're not here for you. I'll spend an XP to pretend I was paying attention. Um, <laughs> That's what I wasn't for. doing sketches yeah. of all of us in our outfits. Shut up. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, this is the cruiser, Maximus. Uh, we are quality assurance officers. We are here to perform a surprise inspection uh, on the planet. On I on planet, yeah. I see. Uh, if you could just, I am. Oh, one moment, and they put you on hold. This is going and, in the report. And then it will come back online, and they will whoever this is on the other side will say, "Cruiser Maximinus, you are cleared for planetary insertion. Uh, we will forward your." Uh, co- your your ID to Planetside. Thank you. Will that be all? Uh, is there anything else I can do for you today? They say in like mm. a mild, like that's not how you sign off on official corporate channels. No, dismissed. Over and out. We're a secret. We're a secret quality assurance team. We don't play by the rules. We get results. Man. Are you guys all ready to be really mean and like uh, I don't know. Weirdly yes. dismissive. Oh, I, yes. I thought you. I thought you were gonna say, "Are you guys all ready to get shot out of the sky?" <laughs> well, I mean, there's that too. Yeah. Also, yes. Also, yes. And when I say heavy cruiser, it's not as though that ship, or at least reportedly, that ship that's in this system has like a battery of weapon systems. It's not a war vessel. It's just yeah. a heavy corporate cruiser that is meant to be here as a corporate presence for people and trade in the system oh i meant from the planet oh, yeah, that <laughs> but yeah them too okay so bringing the tiresian into orbit you are quickly hailed yet again by a signal from the planet shay round two uh all right i mean i can take it if you want or- I mean, I feel like I did a really good job. You did. You did do a very good job. So, you know, I'm here to back you up. Appreciate it. Uh, I'll do hologram on this one, but like just of me. Okay. The hologram that appears is of a bespectacled Midrian man of middle Uh, age. Did we? We did not do the role for the glamour yet, though. We're about to get there. Okay. Because especially if you're doing this on hologram. Okay. Gonna be uh, fun. Because what are you disguising yourself as? Well, I'm just gonna look like a different elf. Okay. Honestly, That's... I think I'm really only like changing my hair and eye color. And I'm not even gonna necessarily ask for a role for that then, especially over hologram. Once you okay. get down and somebody's actually staring at all you, then I'm probably gonna ask for a role. Yeah. That's fair. But yes, a a Midrian of middle age appears on the hologram projector. 
They are bespectacled. They have uh, half moon glasses that kind of rest on the bridge of their nose. He appears to be dressed very similarly to a lot of the corpses you saw on the moon base on Talgan 3. Like the the lab coats and the the long gloves that come up underneath the sleeves and the kind of like buttoned coats across the front. They uh, glance towards you and say, this is Administrator Blandistopian. How can I help you? Uh, good day, Blandis. Uh, we are quality assurance officers uh, of Agus Tech Solutions, and we are here to perform a surprise inspection uh, to check on the progress of Project Chimera. Uh, I see. Um, well, I... And I'm going to need some kind of lying to this person role. All right. I do have a D6 in influence. That's good. Um... This is pretty, I I would say this is pretty bold. Sure is. I would yeah. agree. <laughs> um, Some might even call it a bold-faced lie. And I'll be <laughs> quitting the podcast now. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, Reed. Never sticks, though. That's true. <laughs> he keeps coming back every week. We can't, we can't, literally can't get rid of him. Yeah, um, well, you, you instilled a, a schedule in me for the last, like, three years. So, unfortunately, yeah. you got to deal with it. <laughs> This is a lie of pretty epic proportions that you're oh, trying to pass off on this yeah, true. particular administrator. You have just straight up made up a branch of this company and you are passing it off as something that should be considered important and something that they must be subservient to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It would be pretty ridiculous if all of that came together into something that this administrator believed and then acquiesced to. Mm. So, first big roadblock here. We're looking for a 30 to deceive Administrator Blandis. Uh, 6, 12, 12. I don't even know if we can assist because how would we... I hold up a note card with some like verbiage on it. Yeah, so like I know get... Florian has has something in influence. Could Florian have like coached me before? <laughs> yeah, I've got a D6 people. to give you. I mean my war hero specialty does not help us. No. Yeah. So you can get a D6 from me. In fact, it might actively hinder you. Yeah. 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 With a yeah i do not know active participation in helping here i think is unless somebody can come up with something creative that they're doing right now because if you wanted to have done something retroactively that'll cost you xp yeah right i'm holding up note cards i was just about to say there's just a, a chart that i've drawn of like <laughs> One standards large flow chart <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just roll five void dice, silly. <laughs> no. Um, I am, I mean, I'm going to have to use void dice. Uh, or no, I mean, sorry. Hopefully I don't have to use void dice. Um, but I'm going to put four Aether into this. 
could just spend five and succeed. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, I, the, the, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I only have enough to possibly get to 36. So like, we're probably going to be rolling some void dice. Mm. And remember, we have changed the rules vaguely on void dice. And by vaguely, I mean a very specific rule has changed with void dice. If more than three void dice are spent on a single roll, you take a condition. Right. Okay, so I'm going to roll my tactic and talent separately. I'm rolling the aether currently. Okay. What's the total pool um, you've got going on here? Uh, Basically, uh, 6d6. Okay. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Okay. So I could have used my undercover skill. Oh, yeah, we're definitely wrong. Oof. Uh, only a one, a one on only one of the tactic talent. <laughs> okay. Um, but okay. let's see. It's not very good. Uh, <laughs> that's ten, sixteen. Sixteen is the total you've got there. Yeah. Take the failure and get an XP, or... <laughs> yeah, like, hey guys, we're going home immediately. <laughs> failure right out the gate. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, but how do we... Unless somebody else, like, takes, like, control of this combo, I don't I don't know how we would even move forward, yeah, if, if not succeeding. We disguise the ship as a different luxury cruiser and just do an orbit. (laughs) We're the super inspection team. The first one was a test and you passed. Congratulations, Congratulations, you passed. So what you doing, Um, Elliot? I'm going to roll one void dice Mm -hmm. and we'll just see how this goes. Okay. I have it's only a three um cool so 19 19 uh we need 10 well 11 more 11 more (laughs) 11 more yeah you could get that on one you could just get a 12 right now just get a 12 do it you piece of shit (laughs) in for a penny (sighs) alternatively you could just spend five void dice right now and automatically succeed no, you've already spent all of the your aether. And shit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> My which okay. the only way, which the only way you can get back now is by taking more void dice. I like these new rules. <laughs> I see your tricky ways. It's only a six. Okay, I'm putting it on mute. Okay, guys, this plan was terrible. We should just go. We should just go. I don't want to be dead anymore. We could have spent the entire time on the hollow deck just fucking vibing at a beach. You only need five more. Believe in you. One Jackie more. Dustfinger. Jackie Dustfinger. That's Jack, before Jack Florian, That's Dustfinger. exactly that's exactly like as the pause stretches out, that's exactly what Florian just like leans over and puts a hand there on his shoulder. One more and we could have a critical success. (laughs) (laughs) So. So do I take a condition or is it more than three or is it three or more? Three or more. Yeah, okay. Uh, Flustered. 
Yeah, very good. Yeah, that's fair. The administrator will pause for a moment as you rattle all this off, and then he will glance down at something and nod and say, I apologize. We didn't realize you would be uh, arriving. I, uh, we will clear you for, uh, are you landing your entire cruiser? Are you bringing a shuttle down? How should we prepare for your arrival? I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary for us to bring the entire cruiser down for what will hopefully be a short inspection. Uh, of course, uh, we will prepare the uh, shuttle bay for you then. Thank you. Uh, broadcasting coordinates and docking clearances now. Excellent. We'll see you shortly. Uh, very good. And you get the last little bit of a panicked expression on his face as he's like turning and looking away from the hologram before it cuts off. And it's at that point that the rawness in your stomach begins to twist and knot and you release this tension of, mm. That sucked. But you, did very, you did very good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well done, Agent Dustfinger. You guys, Thank we you. didn't Have we here. didn't come up with a party face. Like we this is the least balanced party. <laughs> None of us the have charisma. But here's the here's the thing. The first call went great. So we're just like, <laughs> let's stick with that. And uh oh. A competent uh, person. This, Damn it. This is the weakness. one that requires the big old lie. I mean, I I've got some stuff, but um Yeah. Alright. So leaving the Tiresian in orbit with Kala, uh, she will confirm that they are uh looking They've already started checking your story, and she is already intercepting their communications. Excellent. Uh, she doesn't know exactly how long or how capable their particular uh, data mages are down there. So hopefully she can keep this going for however long you need. But the quicker you are, the better it will be ultimately. But she's not mm. saying you have a time limit necessarily. Yeah. And Duma is ready to take you down there in shuttle number seven. Unless Excellent. one of you and want to pilot it. Does Duma have need an outfit, a disguise? No. I mean, if he's not getting off the shuttle, then... Right. Duma had not planned on leaving the shuttle. Excellent. I'm assuming you are not taking the mech. That would be no. so funny, though. No, I'm not going to take the mech that has the, like, insignias <laughs> of the golden mane and all that shit. Mm -hmm. that, that would be so hey. funny. Yeah, I took this from, <laughs> from someone. He's probably an asshole. <laughs> all right. Well, hopping on to shuttle number seven, you fly on down to the planet Teoshen. And you are transmitted several data points to show you where this secret base is. The flight down there is just a quick hop, skip, and jump from orbit. You are directed towards... There are no continents 
on this planet. It is all just a big ball of ice. You're aware mm-hmm. that there are sub layers to this planet where there's like liquid water beneath the ice in certain locations. But from at least a, f- a flyby, this place looks, it all looks the same. It's just a big ball of white and really turbulent weather conditions as you're flying. This planet is cold. The atmosphere is not hospitable. It is not recommended that you leave the shuttle without a spacesuit. And you are directed towards somewhere near the equator. And you find yourselves flying basically directly down at a certain point. And Duma is just following the instructions that the the flight path was given. And before you get too close to the ground, you see that a massive set of hangar doors appear in the earth and slide sideways. And a, a false section of the ice beneath you opens up and you see liquid water spilling in from dripping in from different directions into the hangar. And so it seems like just below the levels of ice is where this base exists. So it is technically underwater. Cool. And you come in for a landing. And it is weirdly familiar as you come into the hangar that you land in here. You're coming in from a different direction. The orientation of the hangar is different. But the actual layout of the interior is precisely what you remember from the hangar on Talgon 3 that you initially entered in that chunk of moon base. Obviously, that one was totally reoriented because of how it was impaling the planet on that shard of moon. And this one is level, and you can actually land, and you don't have to climb around like a bunch of maniacs, but... Mm. But what if we did, though? You could. Or it's inspecting your gravity. Looks good. The the layout of this place, at least at first glance, appears exactly the same. So you have this enormous hangar that you're coming down into. There are... There's a split level where there's a walkway ringing the, the, uh, the middle height of this place. There are a series of doors on... Either side of this long, like, think football field-sized hangar. There you see multiple shuttles have landed in here. And you are directed towards a landing pad near the back of the hangar. There is a set of security doors at the far end, across from where you've landed. And above those big security doors, you know because you've been inside a hangar exactly like this one, is the security office of this place. The doors on the left and the right side of the hangar go off in either direction, and if you had to guess, because you've been in a place like this before, they lead off to staff dormitories and storage facilities. But you know that, at least based on your first approximation of this place, if you had to take a wild swing and guess, the actual facility facility is deeper in and is probably lower down in the water. But yeah, it is spooky how similar this place is to your very early mission on Talgon 3. The big difference here is that this place is populated, and there are people moving around at all quarters of this 
hangar bay, you see at least one person below you signaling with a couple of crystalline rods signaling shuttle number seven to land at a specific place. And you see a flustered looking Midrian scientist with half moon spectacles standing to one side, flanked by a couple of assistants, uh, saying something very rapidly at them while he is clutching what looks like some kind of data tablet, oversized data tablet over one arm. And he is tapping furiously on it as you're making your landing in this place. I'm imagining that Oswald's uh, MO for this is he's going to be taking the notes of like, so anytime there's anything wrong with this inspection, uh, he's and, and uh, takes, takes down the note, uh, not actually scribbling because it's a tablet, but yeah. Okay. Now is the time, Shay, for your illusion magic to take hold, because before you disembark from shuttle number seven, you're going to have to make these people presentable to yep. the corporate rubes you're about to attempt to swindle. I want to be a tiger. All right. You can be a tiger. Woo! This is the best game ever. Melbert Dinkle Scrum, Scrum will be a tiger. As he has, he has always been, and always will be. Mm-hmm. So, Elliot, this is definitely a spellcraft role. Mm-hmm. What tactic are you preparing here? Gosh, 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 gosh. Bold definitely fits. Careful yeah. certainly wouldn't hurt. I could see clever and quiet probably as well. Forceful, um, maybe. Mm. Uh, I would need a good argument. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Man, I probably should have alley-ooped clever. Um, <laughs> oh, well. That is what I'm going to use, though. Um, and the my spell, cra- my spell, I put it, because uh, I called it glamour, because we're all going to mm-hmm. be very glamorous. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, I made it a D10. Say if you're not actively having to make the outfits for everyone, this is less difficult than it would be. You still have to do that for Florian, so that's already knocks it up to a hard. Doing a full body illusion that you have to maintain is going to be tricky. And not only that, but you're changing the features of three other individuals as well. All right, and I'm going to put my last two... Oh, wait, no, I still have one more. I'm going to put two of my Aether into it. Okay. So that we've got 2d6s and 2d10. Okay. And this is an incredible roll. This is going to require a 25. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, I thought you said mm-hmm. hard. It started as hard. Oh, okay. And there's no way we can assist if we have the spellcraft skill. I don't know. If you have the talent for spellcraft, then yeah, you'd be able to help pitch in here. Uh, I'm assuming it's like layers and layers of spells on top of each other. So you could probably help with the construction of that. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to think narratively speaking how how that works. But yeah, that makes sense. You're helping shape the aether that Shay is manipulating. And while it holds zero similarity to what you do as a with your gravity spell work. This is something that you can, you can't help put illusions on other people, but you can help maintain your own illusion once it's placed upon you. If you have the spellcraft talent. 
Okay, so that's three D sixes and two D ten. All right. That's okay. Okay. So let's see. That's oh, I love doing math. Um, uh, oh, twenty six. <laughs> Oswald, uh, your your die was a one. So it always is. <laughs> it always is. Oh, jeez. And just remember, if you ever roll a one on any aether. Aether die, it does not count as being spent. Okay. I don't know if that oh, was yeah. the case before, but I've been reminded that we have been not necessarily yes. reminded of that particular rule as often as we maybe should have. Yeah. Need to, I need to keep that in mind. Yes, I do too. I should probably write that somewhere on my character sheet too. Be good. Maybe near where you keep track of your Aether die. Just Yeah. Rolling ones doesn't count. <laughs> it counts. It just doesn't subtract from the aether pool. All right. So, Elliot, what does everybody look like? So, <sighs> ogres aren't all bald, are they? Like, baldness is not like no a gene. Okay. Florian. So we kind of talked about the the look, the the uh, the outfit a little bit. Um, but so Florian as an ogre, since they have their forearms uh, exposed, there's like some cool scars uh, that kind of add to the toughness. And they have um, like a long braid that would look probably look really cool if they were fighting, like whipping around. Uh, Shay, Shay's hair is just dark. It's just black. I don't know what Oswald's like feather patterning is normally yeah it's mostly just like a like a brown like a ruddy brown okay so he's like a, his feathers are now like a really kind of not stark white they're kind of like an off-white but it's still like pretty contrasty against the the black vest like snow out maybe some tinges of fawn at the end of some of the feathers but mostly like an off-white and amari is a tiger because he requested his ahead of time. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yeah, he's great. Oh, he's probably like a, a white, like a Siberian tiger. Mm, okay. Yeah. Not what I asked for. No, I'm kidding. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're all very happy. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, we look fucking awesome. Ooh. So as this. Now corporatized Oracle Zero descends the ramp into this strange ice base owned and operated by Aegis Tech Solutions. You are greeted by Administrator Blandistopian. He sees you coming down the ramp, gives you all a, a quick once over, uh, and then like continues to, to to tap at his data pad until the very last minute when your feet hit the deck of this uh, this hangar, and that's when he will uh, glance up and clearly work to fix a smile on his face, a face that is unused to this sort of kind of forced cheer that he is adopting. And he will say, ah, uh, welcome, welcome to, uh, I, I, I station, I station K. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Jacqueline Dustfinger, uh, head 
quality assurance officer. This is my team. Melbert Dinkelscum, Javier Caliente, and Rick Danger on security. And there is a, a beat as the administrator will slowly accept all of those names and then say, uh, Welcome, uh, Officer Dustfinger, was it? Yes. It's an interesting clan name. Um. Anyway, uh, welcome, like I said, Ice Station K. Uh, if uh, your inspection... My clan was all uh, killed in a uh, virus outbreak, so thank you for that. Should I um should I note this down? Yes. In subordination, perhaps. Uh, yes. I would, I would, Thank no, you, Javier. I, <laughs> Rick starts, Danger just makes a little like grumbly like mm, noise. <laughs> now that we have the pleasantries out of the way, operations director, operations manager, um, would you kindly go over? Would you kindly take us on a tour? Right, um, it's an administrator, but, uh, yes, yes, of course. Um, Note that down, Javier. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, right, um, well, uh, these are my uh, ass assistants, uh, Lucilius and uh, Tulia, and he will point to a couple of other Midrians behind him. Um, they help me with the day-to-day. The -day. Uh, you, uh, uh, what exactly is it you're here to inspect we are here to inspect the progress of project chimera of what you are working on in terms of project chimera i, I see uh you is the director on his way then listen there are that a lot rick let me handle this there are Rick is doing some fucking meditative breathing in order to not laugh. <laughs> Rick, this isn't something you need to concern yourself with. I appreciate your your loyalty, but I have I've got this. There are a great many facilities. Uh, of course, yes. Uh, just... can't possibly be expected to handle every single one. Why do you think he has us? After the disaster of the base over Talgan Three, we we did we did hear about that. Um, uh, <laughs> we, we, yes, uh, uh, of course, uh, we will uh, right away. Uh, our progress here has been tremendous. Uh, we were looking forward to the the the, the Typhon's arrival. We weren't sure if anyone was going to precede them, but I guess, yes, they are. Okay. Uh, right this way, then. Thank you. And he will lead you across the hangar deck towards the, the large security doors at the other end. You can see that there are people not milling about here, but there's definitely less activity here. It's not like people are going about tasks up here. It seems as though the people who are up here are just kind of off-duty, besides the people who are actively maintaining shuttlecraft on the hangar deck. But those who are just, like, up on the catwalks or moving from place to place in the doors and the dormitories or the storage areas don't look as though they're 
actively doing jobs necessarily. They're just kind of hanging out. There are a couple of security personnel by the double doors that you're heading towards, and you can definitely see that the security office above, uh, you can see the big wide windows looking in, and there's definitely activity happening up there. At most, you've seen about 25 people so far. The administrator will lead you towards those security doors and gesture towards the the terminal to the side, and he will say, as you can see, we have the security situation here perfectly locked down. We would not have a repeat, uh, repeat the mistakes of the Talgan 3 facility, like you said, so uh, uh, results of their own testing, obviously, were suboptimal, and we would hate for the director to have to... uh, the solutions uh, found for the Talgan 3 situation are not required here, as our security is top-notch. Hope so. I suppose we'll be the judge of that. <clears throat> and he will go to the terminal. He will wave his identity badge in front of it. He will then lean down and stare at a little terminal that scans his face. And he will say a quick phrase... And it is the great working. Definitely write that down, Javier. Oh, oh, uh, Javier Caliente is definitely writing that down. Can you? Can, Javier can, Caliente can ha- was the top note taker in his class. Yes, I don't can even ha- have to look. <laughs> can Javier be recording everything as well, or is that going to be suspicious? Can... I mean, it's in his eye. Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, like, as soon as he starts recording, a red light comes on his eye to let the people know that he's <laughs> recording. I don't know. I don't think that's how the archive works. Oh. The, the archive is a one-party consent state that just applies <laughs> oh, galaxy-wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I would, I would assume that I'd be, I'd be recording. Okay. When did you start? I guess I didn't say anything. I could spend an experience point to have started before we got off the ship. Okay. Yeah, that seems appropriate. And just to be clear, you are recording. You are not attempting to stream this straight to the archive right now. Nope. Absolutely not. (laughs) Just making sure. Yeah. God, that would be so funny, though. It would be funny. (laughs) It'd be funny. Cromwell's watching a, a a live stream on on the uh, <laughs> on the archive and just like wow this looks this looks a lot like that thing crazy I guess you everyone's setting up the same we don't you know have what's a quality um, assurance brand. yeah you know what's unfortunate <laughs> about this is that whatever this administrator is afraid of happening to this facility is definitely it's going to happen <laughs> because we breach their security it's literally currently happening oh god fucking got his ass well we won't be able to accomplish that this a second time is all we know yeah we gotta really make this one count yeah the big security doors open ahead of you and you are led down a long hallway the last time you went down a hallway like this you had to climb up it mm-hmm. but there was the weird gravity thing happening in that last hallway as well Oh, yeah. 
and there is this kind of pop in your eardrums of pressure as you enter this hallway. You're not sure what's happening, but there's definitely a, a pressure differential that's hitting you here. And the temperature suddenly becomes much more manageable. Out in the hangar, it was freezing cold. And the only thing keeping atmosphere in that place were some very specific, like, radiation shields of the hangar doors opening and closing and little screens of energy keeping in the atmosphere. Here, it seems something else is controlling the climate in this place, and you don't know what it is. But it is a sudden, abrupt change. And that is precisely when you see the sweat beginning to form on Administrator Administrator Topian's brow. His two assistants uh, march behind you, and he is leading the way. Eventually, at the end of the hallway, you find yourselves at another set of doors. He will uh, look back to you, smile again, and approach another security checkpoint that he will clear yet again. This one requires him to stick his hand in a small receptacle, and you see him flinch slightly as there is some kind of blood drawn. Can um, can I approach and kind of like be, can I watch this happen? Like get up close closer to him to kind of get like an eyeball on what exactly is happening. Sure. Uh, and he will nervously glance behind him. And you know he is seeing an ogre of perhaps svelter proportions than Florian might be otherwise. At the very least, the horn radius is certainly reduced by the illusion. That is not to say that your physical body isn't still in this space. So just be aware of that fact. These illusions mm-hmm. are just that, illusions. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to get close enough that I, like, might accidentally gore this dude. I just want to, like, get up close and be, like, inspect, like, Mm -hmm. watching this go down. Uh, And he will, like, nervously glance back up at you and say, "Uh, Yes, well, as you can see, the the biometric scanners are working properly. Obviously, only those people with their uh, own biorhythms are recorded genetics blood voice imprints facial scans all of the improved security features are operational and working just as planned good good florian will like raise a single eyebrow and just like single nod (laughs) Uh, facial expression does not change right and he will like, take his hand away and, like, flex it a few times, and you see that there is some blood taken from each of his five fingertips. We're gonna need to steal that hand. We're gonna need to steal a lot of body parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, all we need is a hand. I can make it, like, be a hand again. And after I've a moment, done it before. <laughs> that's true. Nobody after- heard that episode. <laughs> that's true. After a moment, there is a dull buzz, and then the doors open, and you are greeted to yet another familiar sight, and that is an enormous pit opening up before you. This facility is an enormous cylindrical construct that descends down several levels. 
You are currently on a ringed platform at the top level. There's a lift just ahead of you that goes down near the center of this place, and each individual level appears to have a different sort of division or level of study to it, and you can see that there are windows and hallways leading off of those uh, levels within this larger cylindrical empty space. So the center of the pillar that you're currently inside of is mostly empty, and it seems as though the facility itself radiates out from this central hole that goes down. You see, like the place in Talgan 3, the bottom level at the very bottom of this place beneath you is some kind of sprawling lab with machinery and technicians down there doing experimentation. You're not quite sure what the other levels are devoted to. There are no fey in cages immediately visible. So that's a good start. Yeah. And as the administrator leads you over to the lift, he will say, uh, where would you like to start? Hmm. We are trying to get this done as quickly as possible. Javier, should we see where they've made the most progress or least progress first? Uh, Let's start with the most progress, I suppose. Uh, best get our the best foot forward. Mm. Most progress in in regards to Project Chimera. Yes, uh, uh, I suppose. Of of, of course, y y yes. Um, right. Uh, is there a problem, Administrator? No, 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 no problem. No problem at all. Uh, uh, we have made a lot of progress. You're really getting the sense that this guy maybe doesn't know what Project Chimera actually involves. I mean, it would make sense to have separate, like research facilities and they have no idea what they're working towards, especially yeah. if it is morally ambiguous. So we know that this facility, uh, they are taking uh, cog creations mm -hmm. uh, and researching what they do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps we could start with um, uh, uh, items of, of, of cog in cogrish, correct, Mike? Mm -hmm. Cogrish. Uh, the the items of Cogrish origin and and uh, see what progress you've made uh, researching them. Oh uh, yes yes of course we can start with our original samples that's an excellent place to start and then we can show the the extrapolation progress we've made from that point yes. I forget we're the ones with the big picture. Hmm. Um, yes yes of course. <laughs> um. Well, uh, we will start with uh, original specimens then. Uh, bottom floor. <laughs> it was a, we, we could just use the lift and it will take us to specimen. Yes. And he leads you mm. over to the, the lift. Haven't said anything uh, this entire time and just... <laughs> and this guy is clearly nervous about that fact. Uh, he dismisses his assistance, mostly because the seven of you wouldn't fit on this lift. And it 
is a effectively just a hovering platform that goes down and up. In this particular instance, it goes down. As you descend, you get a quick look at all the different levels, and you can see that there are research labs, and you think uh, more like experimental facilities branching off some of these levels. As you're moving past the third level, and you can see that this place is split into five levels, including the the bottom one. So you've got the top level, and then one, two, three, four, five. And five being the floor of this central pillar. As you're passing the third level, you would see something that definitely raises a couple of eyebrows. So if you're not careful about your facial expressions, and that is several gurneys being wheeled past down a hallway uh, beyond the the lift and past the catwalk, you see three gurneys being trolled past, and it looks like the bodies of Cog are on them. You don't know if they're alive or dead, but they're definitely Cogrish in shape, and they're being wheeled someplace else. As you descend further, you find yourself on the bottom level of this place. It is split into what looks like six big divisions that are all centered around some central hub in which Cogrish technology is the focus, and then observation points and labs are set up around each of those six points. He will lead you towards the nearest one and point to it and say, this was, of course, the first specimen that we managed to recover from Noku. Mm. Um, it, what is it? I, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to assume that you didn't. Um, well, I, I can. Yes, of course, I can explain. Um, and he will bustle over and there are a few other scientists around there. And this is the place where you see people bustling about and doing work. Uh, there are clearly at least a hundred people here that you've seen thus far. Oh, wow. Mostly Midrian, scattering of elf here and there. But the person you're directed to is what looks to be a gnome. This tiny individual with a large bulbous head with a lot of veins coming out from their temples and coming down towards their eyes. And their eyes are this bright, shocking full blue with these little pinpricks of white all inside the eyeball. They don't have a pupil or iris to speak of. It's just a single color with a scattering of a secondary color. Is that common among gnomes? Yeah. Gnomes are weird. Uh But we knew that. (laughs) Yeah. What you generally know about gnomes is that they are each an individual, incredibly etherically powerful. They're the next best thing to a Magus in terms of power level. Mm-hmm. And they mostly use that power to tool about the galaxy and have a good time. As they should. Oh, man. The few gnomes who take an interest in the affairs of other cultures and species do so at a whim, essentially. It's very rare to see them involved in the larger scheme of political intrigues, just because 
it seems like a waste of time to them. So seeing one here, and just like seeing one before in Talgon 3, is weird. And they will say in a distinctly non-gnomish voice, you're not quite sure what you're expecting to come out of this creature's mouth, but the voice that comes out is distinctly odd. It just doesn't seem to fit right. And it's not as cute as I want it to be, is what you're saying, right? No, it's the less squeaky gnome voice, and mm. the voice that comes out is... Ah, greetings, administrator. Speaking of cats. And the administrator will gulp and gesture and say, Ah, yes, this is the uh, harlot of the calming breeze. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, harlot, this is our quality assurance officers. They've come ahead of the, the, the typhon, it seems. And the harlot will glance between all of you. You now know that this is a fae in somebody mm -hmm. else's skin. Mm -hmm. uh, a single bead of sweat <laughs> yeah. forms on Shay's brow. <laughs> <laughs> and the harlot will say, Ah, yes. Greetings. Welcome. I'm assuming you have come to inspect our work. Quite. These corporate levels of bureaucracy your company have are to be admired. How gracious. Javier, write that down. He does so. The harlot nods approvingly. Well, as you can see here, the corporate interests have mined several unique pieces of Cogrish technology. We had always assumed that their ability to evade my people's detection was an inborn trait. And you're finding this is not true? Not necessarily. We have discovered that they have, or at least they once, were able to artificially replicate this ability. Intriguing, to be sure, and explains well. <laughs> And the administrator will say, you'll have to forgive our fey friend here. He speaks in riddles at times. And the harlot will say, riddles to you, perhaps. And quite frankly, uh, the harlot seems to be uh, much quicker on his toes when it comes to dealing with unexpected actions. You could learn a thing, too. Administrator. Don't be mean, Shay. No, be mean. I'm I'm like the I, I'm thinking of my flustered condition as like Shay is just doubling down. Like if if I'm meaner, then it will be more convincing. <laughs> but leastways. This first device that Agus Tech, you people, were able to uncover is fascinating. We believe it is a rudimentary metadiving apparatus, albeit a little more crude than what you mortals are used to these days. I dare say the cog had their own troubles when entering my people's realm, 
but they seem to have found a way to <laughs> force their way in. Mm. The device you're seeing looks a little bit like the meta diving terminals you've seen before that are kind of like lounging kind of dentist chair looking apparatus where you're able to just recline and put on effectively like a VR headset to send yourself to the meta fay. This looks more like a torture device. I, I was actually going to ask how close does it look to the things that we were strapped into? Way closer than you're comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Love it. Love to see it. Here, come, here comes the, the warlord or whatever his name was. But it looks older and nastier. Yeah. Because even those were fairly modern in their approach. This... Now, none of you have any kind of medical backgrounds. But the sort of protrusions that come out of this chair really do look like they're intended for somebody's spinal cord. Yeah. It's like an amnesia looking, amnesia ass looking chair. Yeah, it's not pretty. And the harlot will circle it once his tiny little gnomish body, barely taller than Oswald normally stands, but with kind of upsetting childlike proportions, but with a large bulbous head, the body itself seems almost too frail to be able to support a head of that size. And very close observation would let you see that his feet aren't actually touching the ground. Yeah. The walking motion he's making seems to just be for show. And even as he walks around it, he walks up what appears to be an invisible set of stairs until he is level with a spike near the back of the device, which he will touch with one of his fingers and say, Crude but effective. Mm. We were able to learn several interesting things about their rudimentary metadiving experiences from the Deep War era using this chair, among some of the other artifacts we were able to de-ice. Breaking. So experimentation has been successful? I should say so. Now, the exact limits of what we are able to produce are somewhat less dramatic than we were hoping. Mm. The real stealth capabilities of the cog have yet to be replicated in another subject. Well, at least another subject who would then survive. We've had several successful attempts, though the end result has always been subject termination. Hmm. Unfortunate. Yes, but while they were implemented, they were undetectable within the Metafay. An interesting development. Indeed. Have, have you been able to determine what the subject limitations were? Internal organs seem to have been a very large barrier to the process. Florian just, like, immediately regrets his question. Your nervous system also seems to reject the process quite vigorously. It's a process we're attempting to work around. Mm. I am 
been informed that other teams are working on the issue. Yes. And the gnome will walk down another invisible flight of stairs until he is, quote-unquote, standing on the ground again. If there is nothing else, Administrator, I do need to get on with my work. I am sure there's plenty of other things that need to be... <laughs> assured of quality. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Harlot. Of course. I would not uh, like to be a bane on your efficiency. Just like a quick, that's just a, 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 a firm one nod. And the gnomish face will smile at you and go back to another workstation and begin discussing sciencey things with another scientist. Uh, Shay will look at Amari Melbert mm. your thoughts so far they seem to be making interesting progress I'd be interested to see what else they have in store excellent and the administrator will clearly now sweating will nod and say uh, very well uh, we can bring you over to our uh, secondary acquisition. Uh, he's kind of like glancing nervously towards the harlot and back to you and then say, uh, right, th right this way. And you are led to a large tube that is set up <sighs> the tube in the center of another <sighs> section of research. It appears to be filled with a clear liquid of some kind. And suspended in its center appears to be a cog individual. Like living or like desiccated and mummified? Not either of those. Schrodinger's cog. Great. Good. Wait, wait, so like, wait, did you say that they are, the, the cog is like frozen? It appears to be just suspended in this tube of liquid is clearly dead, but the kind of dead of, like, something preserved in formaldehyde. Okay. Got ya. Yuck. And there are tubes and uh, apertures beneath this larger suspension tube. Uh, there is a big, thick trunk of technology at the base of this suspended cogs prison, and you see tubes and wiring leading from it. There are several ports on the tube itself that you can see lead to intravenous lines that are attached to the cog's body, and occasionally some attendant wearing gloves and a face mask and PPE gear will come up and stick a huge syringe in one of those ports and begin drawing out some dark liquid. And the administrator, who seems to relax a little bit when not in the presence of the Fae will yep. say this specimen was remarkably preserved when we found him. We've been able to replicate several uh, examples of his species from original, uh, we believe, pre-Rendrox disease uh, Cogrish biology. Mm. Finding uh, a sample of one who uh, does not uh, appear to have any symptoms of crystal plague infection is remarkable to say the least. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say that that's fairly well known. 
right? Like, yes, there is a disease, a genetic disease that most cogs suffer from these days yeah. called the Vendrox like, disease. I was like, Olivia knows that, but I, but I don't know if Florian would be like, if, if that would be like surprising news to all of us of like, oh, we've, they found a specimen from before that. That is weird. Cause that means this yeah. body is over 5,000 years old. Old as fuck. Yeah. Ooh. Over 5,000 year old specimen. Incredible. And the oh, a good diet extractions yeah, are they being implemented in I'll kind of like let the question linger. Well, the implementation process has been uh, daunting. Uh, we have been, of course, given clearance to do all the necessary cloning here in facility. So right, uh, right, but, right. Uh, recreating consciousness has not been something we've attempted at all, of course, uh, as per strictures. But the tissue samples alone are invaluable. And and what have you learned from them so far? Uh, quite a bit. Uh, I could take you to our senior biologist to give you the full rundown, but for the most, the big thing that we seem to have discovered is that a pre-Crystal Plague cog have no trace of the disease in their biology. Again, it's still a big question as to where that disease actually came from, but it seems that, at least in the samples we've recovered here on Noku, there's no traces of the disease. I know that's not exactly our primary research aims here, but it is something of note and could be useful in... Other areas, other departments, perhaps, might find our findings extremely valuable. Perhaps. Javier, make a note. Already done. Do you have any documentation to back this up? Uh, Yes. Let us see a report. Uh, uh, Oh, uh, well, we were told all reports were to be withheld until the arrival of the Typhon. Good. Is that... Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, Just like a single approving nod from Rick Danger. It's like, mm-hmm. um, yes, and Javier does take a note of that approvingly. Huh. His administrator kind of smiles to himself like he just this passed. This poor guy. <laughs> he did. I don't feel bad for he, this man. No, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't either. But just like fucking his worst day. Oh, and it's gonna get so much worse once we're here. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, we will send all that to the Typhon when uh, the research drop arrives. Of course. Um, right. Uh, we uh, moving on then. And he continues to take you on a tour of the other four things, big things, that they have found on Noku. The other items of interest that they recovered from the ice include some ancient Cogrish thinking machine that appears to somehow allow the Cog to create their own version of the metanet in some way 
it's it's a rudimentary data network that the researchers here are only just beginning to understand and unpack. The fact that they're able to network machines together without using etherix is still something they're still struggling to figure out. Oh shit, it's Wi-Fi. Does that seem similar to me to the what was happening on Talcon 3 in terms of the kind of closed off network? Or was that just sort of a meta net that was closed off? I don't remember how weird that was in that, like in universe. That was relatively weird. Okay. And the way they're describing it does seem familiar. Okay. Because the way he describes it is apparently this closed network that they're trying to access via etheric interfaces. So basically mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're amount they're mounting etheric computers on this thing to try to interface with another different weirder computer. Yeah. And the way he's describing it is that it is fighting them somehow. Mm-hmm. He would suspect Faye, if not for the fact that he doesn't believe Faye can exist on this sort of network. Yeah. Be careful of lightning dogs. Those things fucking suck. I don't say that. But he has what they've been able to extrapolate from this network on top of the meta diving technology they've had is the cog, at least the ancient cog were apparently able to have sub networks inside the meta net, which could explain. He rattles off some historical facts about like certain battles that they won and certain ways they were able to circumvent uh, information technologies of the time. And I think throughout this, Shay is asking, like, kind of boring, but, like, seemingly, like, right, like, on-brand message, like, uh, questions about, like, safety protocols and, like, everyone signing the right documents so that Aegis Tech doesn't, like, get sued or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. inspection-seeming questions. Mm-hmm. And it's enough to keep the administrator on his toes and like answering all those questions. Yeah. What's your current head count? Uh, yeah. You would learn that there are 271 people at this facility. 200 of them are scientific personnel. Most of the others are either, uh, engineers, security officers, or systems management individuals, basically janitors. Mm hmm. And they may have maintained that number for seven years. Morale is apparently at an all-time high after a uh, recent breakthrough in some of their uh, findings where the kind of stealth systems are concerned. Something... That is actually kind of news to all of you, is this idea that the cog can somehow evade fey detection? I was wondering about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's weird and new. Like, that's, that is not something that's advertised by the cog. Or the fey, for that matter. Yeah. I mean, both, it would be, yeah, advantageous for both parties to not reveal that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Apparently, they have a way of, like you were kind of hinted at with the with the harlot, they have a way of synthesizing it, say, just 
if they try to use mortal people, it results in catastrophic organ failure and nervous system breakdowns. I thought it was the way. They have not attempted to apply this process to any Fey participants because they're afraid of what might happen. And they're limited power. You you are aware that apparently there is some kind of deal with the court of air happening here, and you were you knew that this was the yeah. case, but you don't exactly know what the deal is, and you don't think this administrator does either. Mm. He seems really afraid of the harlot of the calming breeze. Yeah, I bitch me too. The fuck. And there's a definite implication when he talks about the harlot that, like, seeing a she inhabiting a, another person's body, encountering a changeling, is bad enough. Encountering a gnome changeling is terrifying, because it shouldn't be possible, as far as most folk are concerned. Mm-hmm. Like, gnomes are just too etherically powerful. You wouldn't think one would fall for that. It sort of implies that it was willingly done I, I was just about to say i was like yeah there had to have been either some sort of great manipulation going on there or it was like a uh it's a partnership yeah which is troubling to say the least and the administrator yeah. is definitely like aware of all of those facts and super skeeved out by them and is kind of trying to like worm any information that you might have about it out of you but clearly you don't know anything so that's a non-starter for him now, whether or not you want to seed false information towards him, that's another matter entirely. We're not great at lying. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is like the most we've ever that. done. And I feel like uh, I, Shay anyway, well, no, it's me, not Shay. Um, I am feeling like the longer this goes on, the more quickly our luck has got to run out. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the other things that you're shown in terms of what was taken from Noku are Kogrish devices that you don't quite understand. It is a lot to do with some kind of chemical interchange. The th running theory right now is that the remaining devices are some kind of suspension equipment to render somebody chemically suspended as a like preserving their physical bodies for some length of time the remaining three devices were found with the remains of other cog that had deteriorated to such a point that really only the hardware remained they think that all of these devices were actually attached to the cogrish individuals at a certain time, and he can show you like charts and holographic displays of where they theorize some of these things fit, and as you're shown these holograms, you get flashbacks from Talgon 3 of those Kogrish cyborgs. Yeah. And he will say, based on what they've been able to extrapolate from these technologies, it could possibly suspend a cog indefinitely if they're kept in relatively good shape. How correct are they, based on what we remember? They're clearly older. They seem bulkier and more... Uh, less efficient, I guess. There's more stuff 
on them, more tubes, more piping, more boxes of things that would have been attached to the body. The the ones you saw on Talgan 3, while grotesque in your own point of view, are downright sleek compared to yeah. the okay. horrible torture devices these seem to have been strapped to the bodies of other Kogrish individuals. You gotta imagine these huge box-like constructions attached to the shoulders and coming back over the neck, these large piping that comes down from what you presume would have been the head and attached to those boxes, more tubing coming down off the body and looping down into what was probably the torso at one time, and this large apparatus at the chest that attaches to the shoulder boxes and seems to be some kind of electronic support device. It's like somebody walking around in a modified uh, iron lung. Yeah. Mm. Not a fan of that. No. And like I said, the ones you saw in Talgan 3 are like that with none of the brutalist aesthetic. It's that boiled down to the, the simplest form of tubes and grotesque uh, artifice built onto the body, but reduced in size and increased in quality and capacity. And so, I'm sorry, have they determined you, I mean, you said they could be suspended indefinitely. Is that in, like, have they determined the original purpose of these suits? They're meant to replace biological functions. So, like, the it's an artificial respiratory system and circulatory system and digestive system. So I, I, yeah, I guess, I mean, like, have they done any research into to what end? That they can only speculate. Like maybe that's the reason why organ failure and nervous mm-hmm. system failure isn't a problem. But I don't want to imply that to these people if they haven't figured oh, it yeah. out yet. We're not trying to give them ideas. <laughs> I've I've had similar impulses during this. It'd be like, I've... oh well, if you did this, this, and that. like, wait, no, I don't want. I'm not here for them. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that they couldn't put their these big brain scientists and not realizing that just like, oh shit, it's the like. What's the one, the gif of the architecture student uh, taking the thing and just flipping it upside down and going, going, oh, shit, that's it. So I guess that is that is Florian's next question is, has there been any research into implementing these on non-Congress subjects? Well... Yes, though the replication of the apparatus itself has been trying. Some of the underlying technology is, well, archaic to say the least and barbaric, honestly. We're, obviously, we have our directives, but trying to use this technology in unison, there doesn't, based on our approximations of Cogrish height and weight differentials, it doesn't seem as though an individual using this apparatus would have been able to sit in the metadiving chair that we found. It doesn't even seem possible, just on a 
square peg, square hole kind of situation. So we don't think that was their solution, but we have tried with mixed results. The, the, the outcomes were not optimal. Uh, any Gross. test results that result in complete lack of sapient faculties has been deemed uh, is not within our mission parameters. Right. We, we, we do not have the facilities or the personnel for psychological rehabilitation that might be necessary should we pursue that particular uh, venue of research. If the director wishes to utilize that direction of research, it will be in our full report when the Typhon arrives next week. Excellent. And we'll make note of it as well. The fact that we got here uh, like a week before the <laughs> Can you imagine if we were like, ah, oh, let's take a week off and then we'll go just like, oh, shit. But, well, uh, we can move on from the, the ground floor, as it were. Uh, if, if, if that's, if you've seen everything you need to see down here. Uh, yes, I think that'll be sufficient. And he begins leading you back up the levels of the rest of Ice Station K here on Teoshin. You are led through layers and layers of scientific experimentation that sicken you, that interest you, that make your minds itch and your bellies turn. They're cloning cog here. A single cog. Every one you see on a slab is the same face over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. They're replicating technology that they don't fully understand here. They are trying to create a piece of something in Project Chimera that will allow whatever this thing is to be rendered invisible to the she. That is what they're trying to accomplish here. It's an upsetting thought. And one that when you add it to the other things you know about the other bases you've seen, raises all sorts of questions that, some of which you already had, but precisely what Project Chimera is intended to do is beginning to take shape now, and it's not good. Yeah, like, it was too much to hope for the, the bad to go all the way around and back to good, but... Uh, it ain't doing it yet. Yeah. At this point, you don't know if it ever will. No, probably not. But as you make your inspections through this place, maintaining your cover fairly well the whole time, you learn that, yes, the Typhon is apparently scheduled to be here next week. Roughly ten cycles from now. It would be around the same time that the Storm's Repose is scheduled to leave. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. raises some big questions that you all have. 
And what your next move is here, you don't know. But as you are finishing up your investigations of this place, if there is any last moment things you wish to accomplish here in Ice Station K... Can I spend XP to say I have a bomb? (laughs) (laughs) How big of a bomb? The bomb. I got a lot of XP. Um, (laughs) I am kidding. That is partially shout out to listener Chris Goshi for... He did that in a Blades game that I played that I ran with Elliot and it was very good. It was extremely good. Um, (laughs) But no, I don't have a bomb. (laughs) Very good. As you make your way back out of the station, there is a brief moment as you are lifting back up and out of this place when Shay, you glance down and you see staring up at you from the ground floor that bulbous-headed, blue-eyed gnome, a big smile plastered on his face. Motherfucker can see through all of this shit. Yeah. 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 He knows too much. And it's that thought of discomfort that itches at the back of your neck on your way out of this place. And it is that thought of discomfort and that thrill of uncertainty that makes your hearts stop when the second door in the large hallway doesn't open for the administrator's password. And when the alarms begin to sound in Ice Station K, that uncertainty suddenly locks in to absolute certainty. And when the voice over the intercom says, there are intruders in the base, you know that something has gone terribly wrong in Ice Station K. But precisely what that is, we'll have to wait until next time. Oh, we're going to have to find those intruders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shay's yeah. immediate response is, oh, your security systems are all in perfect working order, are they? Exactly. <laughs> because as always, you can find us online at matcomrpg on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at cryoutolivia. I am always there talking about D&D and other RPGs and also just a lot of other nerd stuff. So come hang out. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. I'm an illustrator and graphic designer doing a lot of tabletop RPG and other fan art. You can also support me on Patreon and Coffee. Links to both of those are in my Twitter profile. You can find me at the Readamus on Instagram and Twitter, where I post jokes and lots and lots of photos of nature. So come check it out. And you cannot find me on social media, but what you can do is support our show by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Please, please, please do so. Indeed, and finally, you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at mkgorgoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things material components. But as always. The world is chaos, so please, be kind to each other.
Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.